up and say, I don't know say you find like this. Just go and say to somebody, I don't know you're this beautiful, but I told you, you are beautiful. Tell them. I don't know say you find like this. My eyes are so clear. I just see them. I just see them. I just see them. You are beautiful. Tell them. Say you are beautiful. You are beautiful. Hallelujah. <laughs> from the outside I'll be now we do the third one this one is by the scripture the first one is also by the scripture but this is a different the different level of scripture tell them that you are perfect in Christ come on tell somebody say Christ has made you perfect tell them tell them make sure you tell somebody say Christ has made you perfect come on come on tell tell somebody Christ has made you perfect come on come on come on hallelujah Glory, glory, glory. Amen. I look at them and say, please have your seats. Help me preach to them and say, please take your seats. Choir, thank you, please. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus in the house. Wherever he is, there is joy. Don't forget. There is joy. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something this morning? Can I say something to you this morning? You know, if all our lives, that is how we've been spoken to. How many of you know who come out differently? How many of you know that? If all our lives. But don't forget how we got here. It's because a lot of minus was placed on us. You were told to behave good so you can be accepted. For you, for them to say you are a good person is that you have no mistake at all at all. So we grew up in this midst of judgment and condemnation. And they always setting us on that path to perform. If you don't perform. That's why I say to people, you know, the truth about this thing is that man have not really experienced unconditional love. That's the truth. We have never. We have never. We have never. No. Think about it. Think about it. Some of the things you are pursuing now, some of you here, some of the things you are pursuing so desperately, nobody say you need them more. No. It's, it's not that you need it. But you have been made to believe. If you don't get it, you are nothing. You don't have value. You don't have value. You have been made to believe that way. And if the gospel does not set us free from this chain, then we are not different from the other people. The gospel is supposed to set us free from this chain. From this thing that has said we are nothing. From this thing that has said we, you know, you are always trying to become. I'm telling the story of our lives this morning. How many of you can relate to that? You've lived your life just trying to become. Just trying to be something. Nobody said to you that you are already. And that's the message the gospel brings. Somebody say amen. And that's why we start to say to people that it's true. You know it's true. Capital truth. That whatever you see on the outside of you is coming from where? Where is it coming from? Inside. Pastor, are you saying that people are always disappointing me? It's coming from inside? Yep. The answer is true. <laughs> that man did me like this. That man did me like this. Yes, the answer is true. Is only one source. And this is why that a man is not changed from outside. A man is changed from where? Inside. I was teaching this week and I made a statement. Think about it. Suddenly, Adam and Eve realized that they were naked. It is not that they ate of the tree. The Bible calls it tree. You know it's not tree. It's not fruit. It's knowledge. It's not that they ate of the knowledge and suddenly they became naked. Mm -mm. Understand the story. It's not that they ate and they became naked. No. They were always there naked. But when they gained that understanding, suddenly they realize now that they are naked. Nakedness was not the problem. The problem was what they were told. Are you with me so far? Nobody complained about the nakedness. The nakedness was never a problem. It became a problem because suddenly their eyes open. 
And then they realized that they were naked. And that is what has happened to us. Our eyes has been opened to some things that our eyes shouldn't have been opened to. That's why I started explaining to people that revelation today is about unknowing. Somebody say unknowing. Now, I'm, now me, they coined that grammar. What I mean is that to unlearn. Unlearn. To unlearn some of the things that has kept you bound. Listen to me carefully. I want to repeat this over and over. I said to people, it no matter where you go, if what is inside of you is not resolved, you will have the same experience. It doesn't matter where you go to. If what is within you, now, let me ask you this question. So, when Adam and Eve finally had God coming, they went to hide, right? Because, but the question is, they went to hide, number one. Number two, they tried to use fig leaves to cover their nakedness. Question, but truly, was their nakedness inside or outside? It's inside. Because it was not the nakedness, but it was the knowledge they gained. Are you with me so far? Listen. Listen to me carefully. I'm trusting God that we simplify this whole journey so that it's not complicated. When I say this to people, sometimes it bothers them because it's convenient for us to point fingers here and there. Now, now I'm not saying that there are some certain things that happen here and there, but the majority of your experience comes from inside of you. Their nakedness was not outside. It was inside. But guess what they did? What did they try to do? They tried to use fig leaves. And what does fig leaves represent? Huh? Man's temporary effort. Right? Because fig leaves, once they cut it, they will die. Is it not true? Uh -huh. So that's why we went to church. They told us what to do to be saved. What to do to have anointing. What to do to have this. You try, try, try after some time. All those days where you say, I will pray six hours every day, Abby. Mm -hmm. So as you they pray, the fig leaf they die small, small. <laughs> After a while, when it dies, you forget about it. I'm sure some of you have been there before. Because this thing, eh, see, the, the deeper I go in this journey, the easier it becomes. And it's supposed to be easier for you to somebody say amen. Whether it is pastoring, whether it's preaching, whatever thing I do. I'm working on myself intentionally to reduce the effort, human effort. Because I realize that there's a level in God that I remember one day we at, uh, when we were still at Vines, I was uh, just preaching what you would call a regular preaching, just sharing as I'm sharing now. And somebody was getting born again while seated down. No other call. Conviction hit him. Right? And that's what I'm talking about. There's the power of man, but there's the sovereign power of God. Somebody say louder, amen. And so, this from past Sunday, it's been amazing. Past Sunday, we started, I wanted everybody to come to a place where you are established. Where you are no longer carried away by, you know what I mean? Today, your faith is hallelujah. Tomorrow, rain fell Sunday morning. You say, if there's God, where will rain fall on Sunday morning? No, because this glory has to come from inside of us. Somebody say a loud amen. The Bible says that the former glory was on the face of Moses. Only on the face of the preacher. But he said that this greater glory shines from, from who? From all of us. That's the difference. This brighter glory shines from what comes out from inside of us. So from inside of us, peace comes. From inside of us, joy comes. I don't know those who are hoping that they will do something one day and make the whole world so peaceful. There will be no arm robber. There will be no thief. Don't deceive yourself. Oh. In the kingdom of man, that can never be possible. Did you hear what I said? You know, get how you do it. When you see some videos in America now, you laugh. It's like warfare. Warfare is not spiritual one, physical one. They come to the store to shoot. The store owner is shooting back. That's what's going on. Shoot, fire, fire. <laughs> Just to be able to sell something in your store. 
Indians are supposed to be the most advanced societies in the world. I told you, what the only way to redeem the earth is to redeem the man. The only way to redeem a destiny is to redeem the man. The only way to redeem a marriage is to redeem the man inside the marriage. I've said this over and over. There's nothing wrong with those things. What is wrong is how the man himself approaches. Are you with me this morning, somebody? Listen, listen. Man has been singing, doing concert for peace, global peace. Let us get global peace. Are we having global peace? No. It will not happen. Don't deceive yourself. But what Jesus has said, he said, be of good cheer for I have overcome what? The world. That means like somebody said here last Sunday, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Now, they get that very clear. Get that very clear. Man have no capacity. It looks like the more they try to do it, the more problems starts coming up different places. Terrorism everywhere, right? You know, and um, the economy that they think they have managed perfectly. They speak all the grammar. Still, the price of things keeps going up. If you are in this country, you think it's this country alone. No, no, it's a global thing now. Prices of things are rising everywhere. Everywhere. And so it makes men desperate. It makes men very desperate. And so what I'm telling you is this. What makes us who we are is not the absence of challenges in the world. It is the peace inside of our heart. Somebody say very loud, amen. Now, I, I, hope, I hope you can understand this. Because when the Bible talks about this glory coming from us, it comes from within us. And so, since last Sunday, I started talking about foundation that every man must have his own truth. Did I say that? Every man must have what? His own truth. No be waiting pastor talk. It's okay to say pastor said it. It's a good start. But you have to come to a place of standing. This is where I stand. I know that this is true. This is my own truth. And then based on that truth, you start to build. Listen to me carefully. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's one thing. For Christ is the foundation. What I'm saying is that that truth is laid on Christ. For example, for example, you can look at the story of your life so far, you know, what you have, what you don't have, and you start to have a sense that you are not blessed. Is there anybody who has felt that way before? Yeah. But how did you come to that conclusion? Because you've considered what and what is absent in your life. And so guess what the normal human being do? So you not try to do things to see how you can get yourself blessed. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. You are not struggling, um, trying to get married quickly so that you too will feel blessed. <laughs> and what I'm saying here this morning is what is responsible for the prayer of many people anyway. That thing you are desiring. Ah, I tell people, some people, nobody say you want that to know. Huh? <laughs> and so, because that's how the word is. And so, when you have a challenge, they say, well, if God is good, why do you have this challenge? See, that is how man thinks. But, that is why this kingdom does not start, Jesus says, by observation, there or there or there. Where does it start? On the inside of man. That's where it starts. And so, this glory that we are talking about is based, solidly based, on the rest that you have come to. Remember, when we talk about peace, rest, same thing, right? You are rested in a place. That your faith must be rested upon a place. Your faith must be rested somewhere. It's like an ark. It must be anchored somewhere. And that place is a place you have passed beyond pastor said it has become your own truth you know that this is true you know it to the point that even if pastor shall come tomorrow and say it's not true you say pastor calm down first huh? <laughs> that's why i said you can start my work is to guide you right my work is to guide you but don't forget you have the spirit to absorb and the most times where the holy spirit points us to or starts off from is where we needed it the most. That's where the foundation starts. See, if you are coming to this church, I need you to follow through. So that, so that, see, once this foundation comes, you know what's going on? God is bidding you into his own house. And the Bible talks about the fact that there are two types of foundation. 
Some build on what? Sand, right? They build on sand, no foundation. You see, sometimes you see me come here, I try to um, call people out or call this stuff out or do one of those things. People who their faith is built on those things never stand strong. Did you know that? People whose faith are built on prophecies, miracles. Now, that does not mean that it's not part of our assembly. That does not mean it's not part of it. But what I'm telling you is this. If you notice, Jesus taught more than he performed miracles. Is that true? In fact, the intention of the miracle is to get the unbeliever to see. Proof. It's a pointer. That's why it's called sign and then wonder. Those whose faith are built, built, built on. Now, those things that hear me out very well. Those things are necessary just to help us. Because sometimes, how many of you have been there where you, you, your week was just so bad? You needed somebody to encourage you. And then you come into church on a Sunday, you had a word that built you up. Has that happened to you before? Good. Yeah, so those things are important. Sometimes it comes to direct us. You don't know what to do. And then suddenly a word comes to direct. That's so those things are to help us, right? But our faith has to be based on the truth. You have to have a solid foundation where your faith is established, where you are standing. That truth is now your own truth. You know that this is true beyond every reasonable doubt. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Are you is this are you understanding what I'm saying? Can I translate it in another language? <laughs> Listen to me, this is very important. Because when you see a man who is built on faith, uh, impossibility has a new meaning for that man. Yeah. He's built on faith. God kind of faith. Exactly. God kind of faith. When you, are, when you, when you see a man, that's what, see, that's what Jesus meant when he said, one man builds on the sand and another one builds on solid rock. He said, listen to this carefully. He said the wind came. If you notice, the wind came on both of them. Is that true? Uh -huh. When prices of things increase, whether you talk in tongue or not, does it affect you? Now that's wind that blows. But one person, it will turn their life upside down. The wind blows. It will turn their life upside down. But you, you continue to excel from one level of glory to another. Don't forget in that story, the wind blew both on the man who built on the sand and on the man who built on the rock. But one is guaranteed to stand. That's why I say to people, your faith cannot be based on circumstance. No, you just had a word. That's fine. But don't forget, for all of us, God always starts us from a place where we stand. This is where my faith is built on. And let me tell you what that does. It gives, it makes you strong. This strength I'm talking about is not physical strength. God kind of strength. Just on the inside. And it brings you to a place of rest. That you are rested on this foundation. If I no see food to eat this morning, I'm rested somewhere. Somebody say amen. Because my faith is not based on what I eat or what I don't uh, eat. My faith is not based on what I drive or what I don't drive. Why will I even do that? Cars come and they go. Is that true? Uh huh. That's see. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to uncomplicate many things so that it is easy for everybody. It is easy because the glory that is coming, the glory that is here, has to come from the inside of uh, us. That's where it comes from. Give me Colossians chapter 1 verses 28 to 29. There are two things you need to know in case you are struggling with a foundation. Let me just give you two things this morning. Colossians chapter 1 verses 28 to 29. Colossians chapter 1 verses 28 to 29. Okay, so look at it very carefully. I love this, this, this phrase. See what it says. Christ is our message. Did you hear that? What is our message? What is our message? Or who is our message? Christ is our message. See, there's no other message. You. I said to people, remember I told you that revelation is about unknowing. Alright? You now know a single thing. 
That's why Jesus says, if your light be singular. Eh? Is that what he says? It's one thing that you know. Remember what he says. He says there are two gates. The one that is wide. Eh? That's where everybody goes. But the one that is narrow. Right? Now, those who interpreted to us made it look like the one that is difficult, the one you are suffering. The... No, no, no. Narrow means it's a singular path. The road is narrow because it's one way. It's one way. The road is narrow. Uncle, if I can help it, if I can, and I trust the Holy Ghost for that. Some of you, it will happen supernaturally in the name of Jesus. You forget some certain things because what is spinning you down is what you know. I tell, like I said to people now, if me and you sit down, you talk about sin. That's your business. Or hell. <laughs> Come on. What is my business with hell? That's, let's, let's talk about that one. What is my business with hell? Do you want to go there? Eh? Is there anybody who wants and passionately want to go there? I have the story of the evangelist who went to the uh, Iceland area and was talking to them how hell, hot, how hot hell is, that the fire burns non-stop. And then when he's done, he asked them who want to go there. Everybody raised their hand up. Because they say, it's in the cold region of the earth. They say, ah, we feel heat for the first time. Right? <laughs> they say, ah, heat. When he's talking about fire, fire, the thing was inciting, <laughs> was inciting them, right? Yeah, that's not the answer he expected. So if you want, if you don't want to go there, so what thing concern you? I was driving around the city. I saw a church billboard unveiling the plan of the Antichrist. What thing concern <laughs> concern me? I have no business with the Antichrist. Where? So so I go bath morning, go church, make I go learn the plan of the Antichrist. What? Does that see what I'm telling you is that don't forget, listen to me carefully this morning. What corrupted man is moving away from a singular knowledge? Are you hearing me so far? Man's corruption came from moving away from a singular knowledge. Oh, it go, it go good, make I know everything. No, sir. I will tell your neighbor our message is Christ. Because the Bible says. All things began from him. All things are sustained by him. So that's what the foundation is. Our message is Christ. Because that singular knowledge, it don't do for me. Unveiling the plan of the Antichrist. So that, is it, so that I will prevent it or I will, so that I will do what? Hmm? It was in the church that I started to learn the oppression of the demons. It was in the church. And their names. It was in the church. Something that the scripture forbids. Because our message is Christ. Somebody say amen. Our message is Christ. That's it. Finality. See, God, let, let me tell you this. Let me tell you. There's no God somewhere who wants to complicate your life. Don't understand what I'm telling you now. I know you have suffered many things, so sometimes when we say this, it's difficult to believe. There's no God somewhere who wants to sit and uh, suffer you and... No, 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 no. What our... Remember, don't forget how we got here. That what happens outside comes from where? Inside. It comes from within. So if you want to change outside, what you change is what? Inside. And that's inside is the truth that you have. So you have to come to a place where you have your own... Uh, truth. Christ is our message. So, But why is Christ our message? Look at what Brother Paul said. He says, we preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of what? Truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor. What is this labor? To preach, right? So that people will come to understand it, right? To preach with a tireless intensity. And I love brother Paul. Looked at the man full of grace. He did not take the glory. He says, with his power flowing what? Through me. So this labor and this intensity comes from the power of what? The Holy Spirit. Is that true? Is that what it means? 
Or I say, his power flowing through me. Now, look at the conclusion. To present to every believer the revelation. What is that revelation? Of what? Being his perfect one. Where? What does this mean? That means the revelation is that you are perfect in Christ. Does that make sense? Is that what he's saying? See, he said the revelation, what I'm teaching, the Apostle Paul is saying here, see, the conclusion of everything I'm teaching is to help every believer know that in Christ they are what? Yeah, that's why I told you this morning to tell you never that they are perfect. You know, they never, they never, they know they tell you like that before. Is that true? Anybody tell you that before? No, no, no. For what? We, we even say it's there. We say that nobody's perfect now. <laughs> nobody's perfect now. Look at your neighbor, come and say, man, neighbor, you are perfect. Tell them, they say, say you are perfect. But notice where this perfection is. It's not outside. It's where? In Christ. So Paul says, everything I preach is to help everybody. No. Why? Because if you continue to see yourself as perfect, that is what is inside of you. Will it affect what happens outside of you? Yeah. Uh -huh. See, this thing you know how to do. It's just that they have confused us. The spirit of Isakabus, Isakabus. The up and down. All kind, they just messed up our mind and filled us. You cannot, for some of us here, try to see this. Just let me tell you how difficult this is. Try to keep your mind stable on a truth for a week. You see, you understand what I'm saying now? You see, when we teach people all those affirmations and stuff, is to help you to try to keep your mind stayed on one thing. Because the longer it stays, the more the manifestations becomes natural. Right? It becomes natural. Paul says, everything that I'm teaching, the revelation, the key thing, is to help them know that they are perfect, that in Christ we are perfect. Pastor, what did I do to get this perfection? That is the question. What did I do? He is the one who made me like that. By coming to earth and finish his work. That day I said, I take you as one, as you are. So I am. That day I became perfect. Are you with me so far? You say, Pastor, I see the verse. Don't worry. Don't worry. Your verse is coming from the place of the imperfection that you see yourself. When you continue to see yourself perfect, you will know. See, um, see, I'm helping people to relax so that God will fix them. That's what I'm showing you here. Because religion was full of trying to get us to fix things so that we can make God happy. Paul says, no, my message is opposite. We were told the things we needed to do to be perfect. If you do like this, you did like this, you did like this. No, Paul says, my message is to bring everybody to this foundation that they are perfect. They are perfect. Let me hear you say, I am perfect. One more time, I am perfect. Did you know that if you go to bed, wake up in the morning, do your things and keep this thought in your heart always. You know it's more perfect than 20 hours of prayer. I hope you know that, right? Now, I'm not saying prayer. I didn't say prayer. We pray here. We know they pray. Uh -huh. I'm just trying to tell you that God, where God wants to walk is from inside of man. That's where he wants to walk. From the inside of man. That's where he wants to walk. From the inside of man. That which comes from within us. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this clearly. It says unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above everything that he can ask and think of according to the power that is at work. Where? Inside of us. And that's what we are. So when you come here, you are expected to unlearn to let go all those things especially because what you believe about yourself is the key what you believe about yourself is key unfortunately what we have come to believe about ourselves has come from the environment nobody is exempted including me what I've come to believe about myself are things, are a totality of my experience in the environment, not the light inside of me. 
And so how do I know that? Before this time around, the week I look at myself, I did not lose my temper. I did not tell anybody worker. You know, that week I, I think that I'm perfect. So it's based on my work. Is that true? I paid my tithe. I paid extra offering. You know, I came to church 6 a.m. So guy is perfect. Fig tree. Fig leaf. Fig leaf. Have you noticed that sometimes to keep those consistencies is, is impossible, right? Yeah. So it's fig leaf now. Fig leaf. Temporary measure. Right? But no, our perfection comes because of our union with Christ. It's not because I did right or I did wrong. Is there anybody who this is happening this morning? This has to be reassuring. So when you think of yourself at all times, I did not say you didn't have a bad experience. But the bad experience does not define you. Are you with me so far? And, and this is what has happened all our lives. We saw things happen to us or things happen around us and then suddenly those things becomes our definition of ourselves. And like I have said many, 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 many times, if a man thinks in himself and in that man's spirit, that man is poor, even if you were to make that man, you give that man the whole money of Nigeria, the money will continue to go until he comes back to his poverty. For what a man is in his spirit, that's what he'll be where outside. So when we tell people, stop trying to be, be already. That's what it is. Be already. I'm perfect. Be already. I'm perfect. I'm perfect all the time. The man who is in the flesh will not understand. Right? He will anger them. Right? Is that, is that true? When you say I'm perfect, he will anger them. Because they say it's pride. Because don't forget, they are reasoning from the flesh. They are calculating that. If you say you are perfect, it means that you must have, you think that you have done all things to be perfect. But what you are saying is not you. You are saying the Christ in you. When I say I'm perfect, I'm talking about the Christ in me. So my identity and his identity is now what? One. In one place. Are you eating today? Is this a good food for you? Hallelujah. See, eh? see, see. I, I want everybody to open up their spirit. You know, sometimes, whether it is me or any of the pastors, anybody, we should come here and allow the Holy Spirit to encourage us. Sometimes it may come from a word of prophecy. Sometimes, like you see here, sometimes a word of knowledge or those kind of stuff, it may come. And that is, we must never close door to those things. Laying up of hands and praying for people, the sick, and we must never, because sometimes people need those encouragement. Very important. Very, very important. Imagine somebody who is trying to give up, come into a service, and specifically, the Spirit of God addresses that person's issue. Very important. And there's no, we have to open up that, that. But what I'm telling you is that, don't forget, that issue being addressed just solves one problem. Right? But you have to grow to a place where you have your own faith. Are you with me this morning? See, this faith, eh, this is now here, here you stand. That is what builds you up. And it has to be built on Christ. That is why each time we unveil Christ to you over and over, we are telling you to, we remember when Jesus says the man who builds on the solid rock, he's talking about the man who builds on Christ. You know that, right? Uh -huh. For he is the solid rock. Somebody say amen. So Paul says, look, everything I have preached is to let you know that in Christ you are perfect. Let me hear you say one more time, I am perfect. And no, touch yourself and say, I am perfect. One more time, I am perfect. You defeat to say it. Say one more time. I am perfect. You remember, outside of Christ, we cannot say that. Is that true? Uh -huh. Pastor, what if I vest for conductor this morning? Are you still perfect? Are you still perfect? At that time, you don't feel it, Abby, because you still use your head. <laughs> you still use your head, right? No, you are perfect. You are perfect is not what you say to the conductor. Your perfection is in Christ. Is in Christ. Let it there. That's where you base your perfection. That's where you base your confession over and over. It's Christ. And like one of our brothers says, hey, for you to undo my perfection, you have to first cancel what Jesus did. I may not look like perfect in your eyes, though. But not before your eyes that they judge. Right? 
It's not from your eyes. I'm not judging from your eyes. I'm judging from the faith I have in Christ. Who? This is what Christ has done for us, friends. That a man can see himself perfect in Christ. Wonderful. 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 Don't forget, what the enemy does is to minus you from these things. Let me tell you, let me tell you how dangerous these things were. That all this nonsense we have erroneously believed is because everything we had minus from us. Sometimes, in fact, in fact, those of you who were born into church homes, if you say your own past self. <laughs> because everything had to be perfect. Everything had to be perfect. And so, instead of telling you you are perfect, you were told to become perfect. And you are trying to be perfect. And as you they look, the people who are trying to tell you to, to be perfect, them too, they are not perfect. <laughs> Life will come tired. You know, it's not supposed to be that way. Because we came from God. Look at your neighbor and say, you came from God. Tell them, say, tell them, you came from God. And anything that comes from God is perfect. Is that true? We are born. We were created by him. Born again in Christ Jesus. The Bible says. And that birth makes us perfect. Let me hear you one more time. Say, I am perfect. Come on, tell your neighbor. You are perfect. Tell them, you are perfect. You are perfect. See, as you're going home today, I am perfect. You know, at all times, I am perfect. I am perfect. See, you are repairing yourself from within. Because something else tells you otherwise. Something else. Pastor, what about all those mistakes I made? No problem. Remember, it was not lack of mistake that made you perfect. What made you perfect is faith where? In Christ. Listen to me carefully. The unbeliever who doesn't understand this, we say, if you teach people like this, they will go and stay behaving anyhow. He's saying that because he's an unbeliever. Two, his eyes is what? Closed. He doesn't understand that my perfection is Christ. I have no perfection of my own outside of him. But now that I'm in him, I'm perfect. You see? So, they will start to say, don't teach like this. If you teach like this, people will do this. People will do this. In the first place, you have been telling them that they are not perfect. And because you have told them they are not perfect, they have remained not perfect. But now, isn't faith, isn't it supposed to be by faith? They say, if you are sick, did they tell you to confess that you are sick? What did they ask you to confess? That you are strong. Isn't that the opposite? If you are weak, what did they tell you to confess? Huh? Did they say you say, acknowledge, confess that I am weak, I am weak. Did they tell you to say that? What did they tell you to say? I'm strong, isn't it? If somebody is poor, did they tell you to confess your poverty? What did they tell you to confess? It's only when it comes to sin, they say confess your sin. And that one is the major one. <laughs> they say, confess your sin. I said, isn't it supposed to be by faith? I'm supposed to say the opposite. I'm righteous. These other things are material things. So the one that's supposed to rebuild your person from inside. Because as a man sees himself, that's how that man is. Are you with me this morning, somebody? This is what it is, friend. Our message is Christ. And why is that important? Because in him, I see my perfection. I walk in my perfection. I live in my perfection. I think about my perfection. And don't forget, friends, this is rebuilding you from inside. We went to church and we are told how imperfect we are. How many things we needed to do to make God happy. To please God. You know, how can you even say that you're perfect? You can't even say that in the first place. It's like an error. And don't forget what I said. It is the unbeliever because he does not understand. His eye is blind. That's why when I say, and perfect, they think it's pride. How can it be pride? No, it's faith. And that faith is not based on my 24 hours existence today. No, it's based on the finished work of Christ. Now, and so, that's what you have to hold on to. The second thing, give me Acts of Apostles chapter 1, verses 6. Acts of Apostles chapter 1. Remember, I'm trying to simplify your faith. That's the purpose of this teaching. Simplify your faith so that you come to a place of foundation. I am perfect in Christ. 
That is it. I gave money. I'm perfect. I don't get money. I'm perfect. Because I did not have it by getting money or not getting money. And let me tell you. Let me tell you how this thing resolves most of our issues. Before I, before I read the scripture. Let me tell you how this thing resolves both of, both, most of our issues. See. You know. You can try to deal with your challenges one after a time. Or you deal with it from the source. Right? Or you deal with it from where? The source. There are people that it's like your life is always like you're always seeing something bad happen. You're always seeing something bad happen. How many of you know that such thing needs to be corrected? But the question is, why is that so? You don't want something bad. But you always, inside of you, see something going bad. Either for you or the people around you. Most times, sometimes it doesn't happen. Don't forget, there's a consistent energy that a man releases from what is going on in his spirit. That's why I said to people, if you have a family, you're always thinking, you're always afraid of what they will eat. Now, so the thing will be. You will see, you're always trying to, you know, nearly, nearly, nearly. <laughs> nearly, nearly. No. And so, when you start to translate your mind into abundance, it may not happen in one day. But don't forget that what a man plants as seed will always grow. You transform your mind to a place of abundance. And this abundance is not coming from because you live in Nigeria or in America. It's coming because you have seen that God is a God of what? Abundance. No father. God will not create us without making everything available for us. It's, that's, see, see, we have to have our foundation. That's what I'm, everything I'm trying to tell you this morning. Don't leave. I've been saying this since last Sunday because my eyes can see what is coming. And that's why our heart is being prepared. I tell people, no, if you are always, every time, having persistent negative thoughts, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And, 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 and that's why when people talk to me now, I sit a little more quiet and listen to them. Because I'm trying to filter what is in your spirit. Right? That's what I'm trying to filter. If you're having consistent negative thoughts, even when somebody tells you something good, for, you know, some people are so bad, eh? If you tell them there's light now, they say, don't worry, never will soon take it. <laughs> no, it's bad. Is bad. That means that person is completely corrupted from within. And that which you have your persistent thought on becomes your reality. Even though it's not what you want. And God is setting somebody free here today in the name of Jesus. Because I was actually talking to somebody. Praise God. Please. If that's you here today, that's why you are here to hear this. You don't know where it comes. Sometimes you can't control it. But it's coming from somewhere. There are things that has happened earlier. That's producing those thoughts. And you have every right to see. See, that's when we will start telling. When we say to people. You know. You know. I'm not praying. Father, please come and give me money. Come and bless me. No, I thank God. Because I'm already blessed. You see the thing? So I'm already there. I started this year by telling you how our God worked. That the faith of God which you said. Is that he sees the end from where? The beginning. That's how God works. And that's how we ought to work. My faith is that whatever I am trying to be, I am already that thing. Are you with me so far? Whatever I'm trying to be, I'm already. Uh -huh. I am in heaven. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I'm perfect. I'm righteous. I am blessed. Right? And let me tell you, beloved brothers and sisters, I've said this many times. See, when you pray this kind of prayer, the answers are immediate. Because you, if you feel a sense of it, right, the joy is in your heart. Is that true? Yeah. The joy is in your heart. See, these are not those kind of prayers where you stand up, you're wondering, did he answer? Did he not answer? That's what Jesus meant when he says, if you pray for something, that means the way to pray is to believe that you have what you're asking for. You already have it. That's what Jesus was teaching us. 
I already have it. So, in other words, see, when we change what is inside, then our tongue starts to change. I no longer call myself poor wretched sinner. I call myself the righteousness of God. I call myself the healed, the anointed. That's what I call myself. I Listen to me. Remember, I'm not teaching you positive confession. I hope you know that. This is not positive because no. What you affirm is what you have seen. I've seen that in Christ, I'm perfect. I've seen that. So I affirm that which I have seen. And I know how I am perfect. It's not by accident. It's what Christ has done. So if you want to cancel my perfection, uncle, go and uh, I don't know how you're going to do it. Change, remove what Christ has done. Cancel it. Because that's the foundation. Everything I am is based on that morning that he rose from the dead. That's everything I am. So whatever Whatever he gave me, that's what I have. So I keep to acknowledge and to thank. Now, let me tell you something. But you know, human beings, this is what I'm saying now. Did you realize that if you walk like this, it starts to simplify things for you. Did you notice that? Now, listen to me carefully. But you know, the word has made us restless. We are always restless. You are, see, you will get to realize when your eyes open very well, you get to realize that Sometimes it's like somebody's drowning, right? And they are struggling. Because they are struggling, nobody can help them. That is why sometimes those people, those life savers, whatever they call them, they will wait until the person stops to struggle. So that's how we try to live our life. And those things does not work well with God's energy. I have to tell you that now. For example, it's like you struggling to be righteous. Did it work for you? Mm-hmm. Until you started to flow with the one he has done. And then it became easy. Easy. Eh? Tell somebody you are righteous. They say, ah, how can you say that? See, you, if you say, how can you say that? Number one, you are blind. You have not seen. Number two, you are non believer. That's how you can say that. Because every believer should announce, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so, restlessness is our problem. They have told us some amount of things. But there's a way God wants us to live. And that's what I want to show you this morning. Listen to this. Okay, let's read this story. This is after Jesus had risen from the dead. They have now confirmed that this man is the Messiah. There's no doubt. And for 40 days, he has proven all things to them. But look at what happened. Just to tell you how restless man can become. Every time they were gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is it time now, for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom. Now, this is one reason I use the TPT. I keep pointing you to that. The other translation makes it look like it's one time. They ask him. Right? It makes it look. But the TPT says they ask him this question every time they gathered. What is the question they were asking him? It was about times and seasons. They were trying to know too much. Okay. Now, okay, now that we are confirmed that you are Messiah, Uncle Nguatelos, are you now going to restore the kingdom? They wanted to know specific timings. And this is where, see, I keep telling you guys, once you have your foundation, stay on there. Remember, you are not the, make, you are not the one who made the time. The one who brought you here knows how to fix you. How many of you believe that? to you to get you to sit down. To get you to be more at rest. So that the hand of God and the power of God can walk through you. They wanted to know. Say, okay, okay now it's alright. We get the whole thing. We get the picture. You are Messiah. You're dead. You're raised from the dead. You can walk through us. Oh, yeah, tell us now. Because this is important to us. You know, we live in this world. We have to be wise and understand this thing. So tell us. Tell us. Is it time now? Are you going to do it now? Look at the answer of Jesus. Next line. Look at his answer. Next line. He answered, The Father is the one who says the fixed what? Dates. And the times of their fulfillment. So God is the one who set the date. And the time those dates will be fulfilled. It's God that does that. I want to, listen, I don't want you to carry what you should not carry. That's what I'm preaching to you this morning. God is the one who says the dates. He's the one who also calculates their fulfillment. 
And because of the sovereign nature of God, all things will work together to come to where he wants it to be. How many of you believe that? And so, Jesus says, hey, hey, look, look guys, you're trying to know too much. You're trying to know too much. And this is what our problem is. They start to teach us this dynamic, this one of time, this one did this one, that one did that one. So you need to do like this. You need to go back and forth. Jesus said, hey, Jesus never explained any of that to them. And I'll tell you what you say to them now. And that's why I want to anchor this message today. Oh, so is it this time now? Oh, when is it going to happen? Or oh, when is the what? Uncle? First of all, first of all, can I tell you something? The time you are using is human time. I hope you know that. This calendar you and I have now is Roman calendar. It's Roman calendar designed by Julius Caesar. You know the Chinese use a different calendar. Is that true? And they say they use another this time that you are killing yourself for was designed by Julius Caesar. And some of the months are, are named after gods. I hope you know that. January is named after the God of the Son. These things are man's invention. So, you, we cannot... Uh, yeah, I want you to hear me this morning. We cannot subject God to man's timing. These are human timing. These are human timing. But notice this. But because of how much we believe in it, it controls our lives. It controls our lives. Now, science is beginning to say now that, you know, man can actually live longer than he thought before. Hmm? Look up here. Did you know that there was a time life expectancy was about 40 years? You know that, right? Eh? Did you know that? If you manage to reach 40, 45, you don't try. Hmm? If you were born there, old age will be 46 years old. If you are born that time. You are thinking, if a man passes 46, 47, ah, this guy is really... That's why when you see people claiming, I'm going to be 120, I'm going to be 120, I say the 120 you are claiming is Jesus' calendar. Because what happens to our mind controls our bodies. How many of you know that? And so, once you pass some age, some things has not happened. Now, in fact, the fear of what has not happened has gripped your life. The fear. Even the church you are going is the fear that is carrying you to the church. All your prayers, you are so desperate now because of Julius Caesar's calendar. You see what I'm talking about, friends? See, our heart has to open up wider and go to a different level. That timing, this January, first of all, it used to be nine months. Then I, I think 11 before or nine. Then I added one. They adjusted it. Sometimes when I finish, go. you have phones now. Go and Google these things and check. So that you don't use something and rope, kill yourself, tie yourself on the... No. The Bible says it is God. Christ told them, don't try to know too much. He says, look, he said, the Father says the fixed dates and his dates are fixed. How many of you know that if God fixes a date, nothing cannot fix it? He's the one who fixes the dates and the times of their fulfillment. Look at what he said. You are not permitted to know the timing of that he has prepared by his own authority. You are not permitted to know, he says. That's why when I see people trying to predict, listen, listen, let me tell you. By the spirit of God, we can have a sense of what is happening. By the spirit of God. But it happens when it's necessary. When he wants us to know a particular timing for something. That's when I see those people trying to predict things. Remember, it's not prophecy, it's prediction. Right? For the, Jesus told them, you are not permitted to know. So, but why are you not permitted to know? Don't forget, how did man get into trouble? Knowing too much. Is that true? They were not supposed to know the knowledge of good and evil. And they want to eat it. He says, you are not permitted to know. Don't worry about times and seasons. He's the one who sets up times and seasons. If he says he stop, he's sure of the fulfillment. But he says something. And that's where I want to end this message. 
Next line, please. Next line. There's something he said to them. But, somebody say but. Now, I promise you this. It's not about knowing, uh, it's not about knowing the calendar. It's about having a relationship. See what he says? The Holy Spirit, but I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. You will be seized with power. Or, the other way to say it, you will seize power. But he says you will be seized with power. And you will be my messengers to where? Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest part of the earth. So he's not here talking about times and seasons. I don't know about some of you, if you were, if you're a little bit older, how many of you were here when they say 2000, the world was coming to an end? How many of you said that? <laughs> I remember being in the service that, that the prophet, the prophet, the prophetess, they were asking, I said, yeah, I'm sure by the year 2000, the way we see the signs, something will happen. They say it's 2012. They have given all kinds of dates and stuff like that. <laughs> We still day where we day. Two thousand don't come. You don't walk out go. Eh? You don't walk out go. You know? It was the turn of a century. There are things that changed. I work in the then I used to do computer programming and stuff like that. And so the things that has to happen is that we have to reset the programs, the computer program. That's what we did. That was all. Nothing else. That was all. That's all we did. I remember having, having to do extra work that day because we needed to cut off, cut over, reprogram our systems. And some of these systems control some of the things that you work. So that's all. That's all that happened. The world moved on. Those things, Jesus says, is not, don't worry. He said, don't worry. But you will have a relationship. And when you have that relationship, timing is not your problem. Somebody say, Amen. When you have that relationship, it's not about knowing things. It's about who we have. Because you know what? Guess what? Because when you develop this consciousness, what you need to know, he will tell you. He will tell you. He will tell you. 25 steps on, here to, on how to hear God. That's why people cannot hear God. No, no. It is in those teachings that people don't hear God. 25 steps on here to have. Which, which step be that? You see? We get more confused instead of realizing that we are already one with him. And he's speaking. Let me tell you, sir. God is speaking more than you are willing to hear. Sir, since you came here, has he been speaking to you? Look at why men don't hear. Because they are of the flesh. I was explaining this this week. Did you know? Listen, look up here. Look up, look up. The deeper you go, the less dramatic your encounter with God becomes. I didn't say less spiritual, but less dramatic. Because remember, it's oneness. You are now one. The Bible says God speaks to Moses as a friend speaks to a friend. But that's not where they started. Where they started was the burning bush. Because Moses don't know anything. Ask your neighbor, I hope you are not waiting for burning bush. Ask them, I hope you are not waiting. Uh-huh. Burning bush is a man who does not have the spirit of God. So God needs to burn bush to get his attention. The deeper you go, the less dramatic. I didn't say less spiritual. But the less dramatic the encounters become. Because you are working with one. So it's not about knowing too many things. It's about the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. Because whatever you need to know. He will say it to you. He will guide you at all times. He will tell you what to go. So you don't have to go and start knowing this. Doing that. Uh, 14, 14 fundamental ways on how to prosper. That's why people are poor. If we follow the leading of the one inside of us. If we learn not to lean on our own understanding. Let me correct something that I didn't know. And I, I, I will end up here. I'll talk more about this. I hope you got something today. Did you know that I was taught before concerning the gift of the spirit? That we have the gift. 
right? So we started saying that uh, Pasema has the gift of healing. Uh, Brother Emma has the gift of what? Have you seen, have you heard that before? Right. That's what I was taught, and I believe that. But it is not true, because if you read very well, the gift that we have is the Holy Spirit. What we have is not something. Is who we have. That Holy Spirit in me can give somebody the gift, the word of knowledge. That word of knowledge is a gift to that man. Did you hear what I said? When the Holy Spirit gives somebody a word of knowledge, remember, he's the one who determines. Is that what the Bible says? He's the one who... If you have the gift, you should be able to operate it at any time. You should be able to, on your own accord, bam, you start operating. But when you start operating like that, you know, saying that you did one. It's the Holy Spirit that decides what is needed at that moment. It might be gift of, it might be healing. That's why sometimes you come to some services, the, the emphasis is more on healing that day. You come to some services, it's more of the, because he's the one who knows. Because he knows what you need before you got here. That's why I shake when people start giving themselves titles, prophet this, prophet that. Because if you give yourself such a title, that means you have to prophesy at all times. When people invite you to program, you must prophesy. Because they brought you to prophesy. So what we have is not the gift. The gifts. What we have is the gift. What is the gift? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the gift. That Holy Spirit in me can manifest whatever he knows is needed at a time. Does that make things a little easier for you this morning? So I see people, we, we used to do all that anyway, hungering for one particular gift. <laughs> We need to develop more of our work and realize with the Holy Spirit. That's all. And that's why he told them, you don't have to try to know many things. Did you notice that most of those stuff we taught, Jesus never taught them any of that anyway. He's the one we have. The power is the one we have. He's the one who comes to a service and then he says something else. He's the one who manifests healing. That's why, listen to me carefully. Is there anybody here, right? You have you have seen a sick person, eh? Ah, you wanted them healed and you prayed with all your heart and nothing happened. Anybody like that? If you have the gift, right? You should manifest it every time. If you have the gift, as by you have the gift, you should go to hospital and wake up everybody. No. Is this... Uh, I'm bringing you so that some things are lifted up for your shoulders. It's a sovereign act of God. Nobody, nobody can heal anybody. It's the spirit in you. Nobody can heal anybody. Right? And this is why we have to be very careful on what we say to people. Right? Because I don't have control of it. Now, you know, if I have 100% control of it, there's somebody I know now. In fact, I will drop this mic and go to their house. No, no, no. But don't forget, it is the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. And so that's where my life comes from. Once I know that I'm perfect, I have to acknowledge that I have somebody in me. And today, when I close my eyes, I can say to myself, I lack nothing. Why? Because I have the Holy Spirit. You see? I don't like wisdom. Because I have the Holy Spirit. I know what to do at all times. Because I have the Holy Spirit. So the more intimate I am with the one that I have. The more answers I have. Have you, have you been blessed this morning? Is this good for anybody this morning? And so when you listen to that spirit. He will tell you. He will remind you of these words. You are perfect. You are righteous. Right? You have peace. Right? The kingdom is in us. You have joy. So I'm not looking for joy. Because I have the Holy Ghost. Where does joy come? Is it not from the Holy Ghost? Where does peace come? Is it not from the Holy Ghost? All the things we are trying to teach men are supposed to be fruit of somebody who has the Holy Ghost. The fruit of the Spirit, the Bible says, is this. 
and this. So human being outside of God will try to teach Pastor Man patience. Eh? Only saying the man will teach you the patience. Eh? <laughs> Let him tell you to do something two times, you don't do it. <laughs> it's just worse. It's just a sweet for man, just a talk. Eh? The man who is teaching you patience, hmm? ask him the same question four times. <laughs> <laughs> in that same meeting <laughs> asking one question asking the same question you answer you say um, I didn't get it can you explain one more time then you see how patient he is it's just words he will lose it. <laughs> he will lose his spirit right so see, see guys I'm trying to bring you to a place of peace somebody say amen Listen, the one that has saved us has given us all that we need. And everything that we need is in the spirit of God within us. The Holy Spirit, I rather flow with his wisdom. I rather do ministry that flows from the Holy Spirit. Right? So that we don't de de depend on human strategy. Because where he is not Lord, we have to use strategies to get people to do things. Are you with me this morning? Is this okay for you this morning? Look at your neighbor and say, Pastor, preach to you today. Touch them. Say, Pastor, preach to you. Say, don't forget, Pastor, preach to you. Oh, yeah? You tell them what you heard. Tell them what you heard. Summary, summarize, summarize. Tell them what you heard. What did you hear this morning? Preach to them. 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 Make sure you are preaching to somebody. Go and preach to them. Preach to them. Tell them what you heard. Tell them you are perfect. Tell them you are full of the Holy Ghost. Come tell them you have all that you need. You are in a place of abundance. Come on, come on. Help me preach to somebody. Help me preach to somebody. Do that now. Help me preach to them. Are you tired? Preach, preach. Preach, preach. I say preach to them. Tell them you are perfect. Oh. You are perfect. Oh. I don't tell you. <laughs> I don't tell you. <laughs> huh? I don't tell you. Huh? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus. Amen. Ali, let's stand to our feet, everyone. Let's stand to our feet. This is what church is supposed to be.